Welcome to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. We're really glad you're here. Whoever you are, wherever you're at, join us on the journey. Good morning. My name is Jeff, and the first thing is an act of gratitude. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me to be a part of your community this morning. I've lived, worked, and played everywhere in Canada, but there's no place like southern Alberta and Newfoundland. And since this is live stream, we're Ontario, Quebec, Saskatchewan. No. So this morning, we're going to be exploring all kinds of things. But one of the things I want to remember with you is, what is your earliest memory of riding a bicycle? What's your earliest memory? Take a second to think about it. What do you remember? Do you remember thump, thump, thump? Do you remember the training wheels coming off and going off into freedom? Do you remember maybe being able to deliver the paper for the first time or going over to the person that you were found really cute and say, hey, I got wheels. What is your earliest memory of riding a bicycle? Like if we can all see John, hey, look, no hands. <laughs> maybe share with your neighbor what it is that you remember, your earliest memory. Well, I see, I see why John asks the question. You don't have to preach. This is perfect. So you have an earliest memory. So in psychology, it's a term called flow. So Csikszentmihalyi, a Hungarian psychologist from the University of Chicago, when the task meets the ability. So you remember the time where you're, I can't ride, I can't ride, this is dumb, why are we doing this, to the moment of, I'm free. And the task meets the ability. And sometimes, do you know when you're reading and sometimes the words disappear and you just start being immersed in reading or when you're walking and all of a sudden you don't, aren't conscious of walking, you're just experiencing it? It's called flow. It's called flow. So when you're learning to ride a bike, when the task and the ability match, all of a sudden you have this experience of flow and you just become one with what's happening. Flow. So we're coming to our text in a minute. I want you to hold on to that. The task and the ability and what it is you learned after all those times of falling and someone encouraging you and fixing your bike and sending you on your journey, on your journey to go and explore in freedom and joy and peace. Holding on to that, if you can put up our slides, we'll make our way into our text. Our text this morning, oh, can you put the... 
the uh, images up first, please? There we go. So, how many people, have any, has anyone been to Israel? Perfect. Okay, so you can see the map. You see Capernaum, Nazareth, Mediterranean, of course. And the green line, what I want you to pay attention to, our story this morning is one you know well, the Good Samaritan. You've learned it, you know it, you live it. I want you to get an idea of the geography. I find the geography of a text helps us understand it far better. So just for modern, for today, if you were in Jericho, you'd be in the West Bank, okay? So you see Jerusalem way up in the hill. You see where Jericho is. Jericho, one of the oldest cities in the world and the lowest point, sea level. You see Jerusalem, not at sea level, way up in the hills. That is the road that our gentleman is going to walk down this morning, Jerusalem to Jericho. Next slide. This is, if you were there today, this is what you would see. I want you to get an idea of the geography of what's happening. And I want you to notice the Good Samaritan Inn on the top left. Okay, next slide. So you can see it's lush and green like Hawaii. <laughs> okay, next slide. Okay, this is going to be important for understanding the story. You're going to have two characters, a priest and a Levite in this story, and they're going to walk on by. This is where their job was. They are responsible, the Levite is responsible for preparing that great fire. You see it? This is a picture of the ancient temple, ancient wonder of the world, where worship happened. So that fire and all the preparation around sacrificial, the Levite was responsible for. And you'll love to know this, Levites didn't have to pay tax. The priest's job was then to mediate, and the high priest's job was to go behind that red curtain and into the Holy of Holies and once a year make prayers on behalf of the people. And just as a quick aside, you'll love this, they would tie a rope to him because if he went in and something happened to him, he couldn't desecrate the temple, so they'd have to pull him out. I don't know about you, but I don't think that'd be a great job. Anyway, next slide. Now here's a picture of the inn. Anyone who's been to Israel, you know how this goes. There is the inn, or it's a little to the left, or a little to the right, or not here at all, or this is the place we remember. But you get an idea of the inn. And if I can invite our scripture reader to come and share with us our text, you now have an image of what's happening in the story. Reading from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 10, verses 25 to 37. Just then, a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. As he said to him, You have given the right answers. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, 
he asked Jesus, and who is your neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed to the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he too passed on the other side. But a Samaritan, yes, a Samaritan, while traveling came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him and when I come back, I'll repay you whatever you've spent. Jesus asked, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to man who fell into the hands of the robbers? And the lawyer said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. May spirit hear what scripture is saying to us. Thank you for reading so beautifully. Thank you. Flow. When your activity and your ability come to the same place and you get lost in that moment where it simply becomes how it is you live, perceive, and experience the world. Flow. Person on their way down from Jerusalem to Jericho, from the Holy Temple down to Herod's palace, who knows why we're not told why it is they're going to make this journey, but you saw with your own eyes how complicated that journey is, how long it is, twists and turns. It is easy to see why someone could be waiting around a bend to pounce. And just as we imagine, that's exactly what happens. Robbers come, leaving a person half dead, half alive. The text is so clear, leaving them half dead. You can see the person lying on the side of the road, half dead. You can hear the wheezing. You can hear the pain. Why me? Why did this happen? What is going to happen next? Will I live or will I die? And there he lay. Now we know that lots of people know that experience, being half alive. There are so many people that we are surrounded by and that sometimes are us that know what it means to be aching, to be hurt, to be lonely, to be lost, to not sure where it is that the next day is going to bring, to wonder if the heartbreak will ever mend, to wonder if the anger will ever subside, to begin to wonder, will anyone come to my aid or will I be here all alone? 
So many, especially in the climate in which we live today, ask that, am I going to lie here all on my own? Our bodies carry this. Our scars, our bruises, how it is we stand, how it is we relax, how it is that we interact with one another. We carry all of this with us, and so many are wondering. You know, Ernest Hemingway, he once wrote, Life breaks us all, and some grow stronger at the jagged edge. This morning we're talking about that jagged edge, if we have the courage together. So there he is lying on the side of the road, and you know how it goes. First the priest walks by, but Jesus' audience would all say, of course the priest is going to walk by. You know they've got to get the rope on their leg to go into the Holy of Holies. If they stop and touch this person, they'll be unclean. If they're unclean, they have to go through all the purification to go back to begin to. Yeah, of course he's going by, but we sure wish he wouldn't. I don't know why it's like this, but he's on his way, and we expected it. Then the Levite, you can see the audience, oh, here we go again. He's the one that has to prepare everything. If he stops and touches the guy, he's going to be unclean. If he's unclean, then he has to go through all the rituals, and it just messes up the whole religious system. But I sure wish he would stop. I sure wish he would stop. And the poor guy laying on the ground is like, hey, hey, I'm right here. Do you not notice me? Can religion just go off to the side for a second so that you can see a human being, so that you can look into my eyes and notice me like I notice you, and walks on by. Then we come, of course, to the Samaritan, the one who's an enemy of the people. Sounding very familiar, isn't it? And the Samaritan, walking on this road in a place that is a little dangerous for him. He may not have fallen upon robbers, but you know he is not welcome. Everywhere he goes, it's going to be, keep walking, Samaritan. Keep moving, Samaritan. Keep saying, I see you, Samaritan, but you better find another way around, Samaritan. And the guy laying on the ground, you can imagine him. Oh, boy. It's a wonder, eh, when you begin to think about it. Samaritan doesn't run over and kick him or take him out, or yell and scream at him. He doesn't go over and say, you were wrong, and you did this, and da 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 and I want revenge for everything that's ever happened to me. Samaritan doesn't do any of those things. And you know, that takes an awful lot of courage. Do you know how much courage restraint takes? To not take your whole past, to take all the things that you wear on your body and in your soul, and pounce it onto somebody else? When I was younger, I had a very good friend who told me something that I will never forget. And I hope, I hope it's something that may help you or someone you love. Whenever it is that I was feeling anxious or worked up, or when I was looking to maybe get rid of some of this, he said, you got to halt. Halt. Take a check of who you are. Are you hungry? Are you angry? Are you lonely? Are you tired? Halt. Check yourself halt. And I added an A because we're Canadian. Are you anxious? So it's really halt Halt. It takes a lot of courage for this Samaritan to stop. Samaritan stops. Stops and does something so beautiful. Doesn't just say, yeah, 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 you're half dead. I'm going to go deal with you. Takes this person, puts him on his animal, 
anoints his wounds with oil, gives him wine, treats him like I see you and I see the pain you're in and I'm going to take you somewhere where you can be healed. Now, have you ever wondered how this Samaritan, an enemy of the people, how this Samaritan ever knew where this inn was? How on earth would you know where you could take someone who's half dead and you're not supposed to be around these parts? How on earth did he know that this is the place you could go? Ah, well, let's pay there for just a minute. Let's talk about the inn. It's not the Holiday Inn. There's no mints on the pillow. and There's no big sign. You saw the picture. It's an inn. An inn was a place in those days that you went if you had no family connections, if you were traveling through, or if you had nowhere to go. Takes the person to the inn. You can see it knocking on the door. Bang, bang, bang. The innkeeper wide open. And maybe for some of us, including me from time to time, yeah, we're closed. No room at the end. Oh, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? I often wonder if Jesus remembered what happened in his childhood as his mother told him the story over and over about what happened. Because the innkeeper opens wide that door and says, of course, come in. Come in. Bring him here. Here's a place for him. I'm going to stay tonight. I'm going to leave in the morning, the Samaritan says. Here's some money. Wine, oil, now money. Look after this perfect stranger who is someone who I despise. Begin to let this sink in, what's happening in this story. Then you get into the inn. Let's stay there for a little while because the Samaritan's long gone now. Now we're in the inn. And it isn't long in that inn before someone says, Hey, when did you get here? Well, I just came last night. How did you get here? Oh, some stranger picked me up and he brought me here. I'm not quite conscious of everything that happened, but how did you get here? I've been here for a few months now. How did you get here? I've got nowhere to go. How did you get here? I didn't... Oh. Well, is it a good place? Is it a safe place? Oh, it's a very safe place. The innkeeper's lovely. The innkeeper keeps encouraging, and it isn't long before testimony begins. How did you get here? What's the value and meaning of your life? You can hear in this inn that all of a sudden, how are you? Who are you? Tell me your story. And next thing you know, I imagine there's someone who says, my grandmother taught me this Jewish hymn that we used to sing. Will you sing with us? And you could hear the singing. It wouldn't be long before someone in the back said, hey, are you hungry? I've got some bread. Let me break it. Here, here, here. And it wasn't long before healing began in this place. But the day came when it was time to leave that in. Because as you grow in a community that notices you, that listens to your stories, that encourages you, that weeps with you in those moments of complete sorrow. It stands with you in those times when you stand for justice, marching together. When you're with a community of people who can see what it is that God intends for this life and how it is we are a part of it, the time comes when it's time for us to leave that in, to go and live what it is we know to be true. And when that time comes, you can see the innkeeper who brings us to the door of the inn. And as the door swings wide open and we look out to see all of this that's in front of us, if you notice very carefully the innkeeper's hands, you'll see they're pierced. And with a blessing, the innkeeper sends us out to go, not seeking revenge, 
sends each and every one of us out to go to ride, to learn to ride where our flow, where our task and our ability, blessed by the Holy Spirit, sends us. And where are we sent? We're sent to stand in solidarity for peace. We're sent to go into the streets in the neighborhood. We're sent into our families and friends. We're sent to interact with our enemies, to remember our high and noble and courageous calling to notice, to serve, to look, to love. It doesn't take very long in this story to see. Hillhurst, you are an inn where we come to worship and give thanks, to break the bread of life, to notice and see one another, and then to be sent to be sent to go and live, to live what we're learning as we're growing into who we're becoming. And we're never asked to be perfect ever. We're asked to be authentic and to grow and to give people space to grow into who they're becoming. Sent to go and search all of the highways and byways to notice those who are half dead and half alive and to remind them, just as you learn to ride a bicycle, that I am here to help you to grow into who it is you're becoming learning to ride, when our task and our ability and our sending and blessing by the Spirit, it doesn't take long until you start to hear it. You can hear that voice of Jesus say, you can hear the voice of Jesus calling you by your name and saying, I am with you, I encourage you, and I send you. I bless you to go and be a blessing. Go from this place, this house of prayer, and go and make a difference in the world that God so loves. If you listen carefully, you can hear that voice of Jesus say, and if you listen very carefully, in the inn we call Hillhurst, if you stand with me, it's something that we can sing together. The top of our lungs, the depth of our soul, I heard the voice of Jesus say. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are thinking about someone who might enjoy it too, we invite you to send it their way and help the podcast grow. We're really glad you're here and we'd love to know what you thought about today's sermon. Leave us a review in iTunes or send us an email at communications at hillhurstunited.com. We'd love to hear from you.